we're in that kind of waiting period before Thanksgiving. But um, these next couple of weeks, I want to talk about something that we, we've hit on several times throughout the years. But some of the struggles that we have today um, living in the society that we live in. Because how many of you know culture has changed completely? Uh, we live in a, a fast, mobile society. So today I want to talk about relationships, the struggle of having real relationships in the culture that we have today. I said we've talked about these in the past uh, in different ways. I'm hoping that kind of a revisit will help us remember some of these things. But um, there are different kinds of people. You know, we're all wired differently. We're all built differently. Some people love being around other people. How many of you guys love being around other people? How many of you are much more happy just to stay home by yourself and the dog or the cat and, yeah, (laughs) the motorcycle, you know, whatever? And typically, there are people who get, who are energized by being in a crowd. There are people who kind of feed off that energy, and they could just be there all night. And then there are other people who are drained by being in a crowd. You may like being there, but, you know, and here's the funny thing. (laughs) Typically, the person who feeds off crowds and the person who is drained by crowds get married, right? And then whenever you're at a party or something, the one person hits the wall and says, okay, I am ready to go home. The other's like, I'm just getting started, you know? I am the person, I love people, I love being in crowds, but I get tired real quick. Uh, My wife, on the other hand, just feeds off that, and she just, you know, she's around, she talks, and she's a people person. And I was warned when we got married, my, our counselor, the guy that did our premarital counseling said, wherever you go, she's going to be the star of the show, you're going to be in the shadows. I said, I'm fine with that. And he was right. So how many of you are people, people that just feed off being in a crowd? A few of you. How many of you are the other crowds wear me out how many of you are married to your opposite (laughs) see it happens so but you know the christian life that we live this this life living in the body of christ is meant to be lived in a christian community and you know what a community is made up of people and wherever you have people you have relationships all right if you have your bibles turn to john chapter 13 with me It'll be on the screen here. And also, if you have the Version Bible app, the notes are in there. But Jesus is teaching his disciples here in John 13. He's, he's teaching the ones who are walking around, living with him. And he's trying to teach them about being in a community as Christians, as Christ followers. John chapter 13, listen to what he says. In verse 34, he says, A new command I give you. What's that word? Love one another. As I have loved you... So you must, there's a word again, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you see a trend? (laughs) Love, 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 right? And then he says, the world will know that we're Christians not by the t-shirt that I wear or the bracelet that I wear or the sticker that's on my car or, you know, if you take it off so people don't know you're a Christian by the way you drive, you know. He said, you're not going to know you by that. They're going to know you by your what? Love. By the way that I love other people. And again, trunk or treat. Why do we do that? Why do we spend the time and the money and the effort? Because we love the community, right? We want them to know we're Christians by the way that we love them. And that's what these people said. They're like, wow, I I really appreciate you doing this. This is a great event. I know I can bring my kids here. I know they're safe. Why do you do this? 
And we always say, it's our pleasure to serve you. We want to serve you. We want to show you that Christ loves you. We want you to know that you are loved. And I love now that the churches are starting to tag up with that, right? We do it. The Christian church down here does it. Uh, the Grace, Grace Lutheran Church did one. All kind of at the same time. So that way people can just bounce from church to church. The body of Christ is showing the community that we love them because Jesus loves them, right? But you know, today it's tough to have real genuine relationships with other people because we're so busy and we're so distracted. We're torn, right? Technology has changed the way we have relationships. And I know you're thinking, hey, really? yeah, it really has. And here's the thing, if we're going to really love other people, we have to learn how to do relationships. Even with technology and all this stuff, because technology has completely changed the way we interact. The term friend has changed. What did friend used to mean? Someone that you did life with, right? Someone you interacted with. What is a friend today? <laughs> Someone that you maybe mingle with online, right? Yeah. And you know what's funny? We, um, we all have those friends that, that we've been friends with forever, right? And you don't have to be around them a lot. You know, sometimes you have those friends that you can talk to once a month and you see every uh, couple of years and you just kind of pick up where you left off. But then there are other people that we consider friends that we really don't even know. I was trying to help Linda Shaw find a Facebook friend this morning. I was going through my friends list on Facebook and I was like, who are these people? I don't even know who some of these people are. Like, I have no idea. And there's tons of them, like 700, I think. I was going through there trying to find one. So it's changed. It's not, it's, it's simply an online connection. So listen to this. These are real statistics. The average American has 328 friends on Facebook. Okay, 328 people that they connect with online and consider a friend. The average American says that they have two actual friends. People that I connect with on a regular basis. This is down. 20 years ago, the average American had six close friends. Today we say we have two really close friends. What is a really close friend? Someone you can call when something happens. Someone you can call and say, hey, I need help. I need someone to talk to. The average American today has 328 people that they connect with online, but if something really happened, they only have two they can go to. Now, it's different in a church setting, right? When you have a church family, you have a lot more people to pull from. You can have those communities, and that's what Christ intended. He said, the world will know that you're mine because you love each other. In that church community, that Christian community, you show each other that you really care for them. And this is more needed today than ever. We need our church family today more than we ever have because of this mobile culture that we live in. We need one another. <laughs> this just blows me away. 25% of Americans say that if they were honest, you know how many really close friends they have? Zero. One-fourth of the American population says, if I was really honest, I don't have anyone I consider an actual close friend. Why is that? Because we're isolated. Even though we're more connected than we've ever been, we're isolated. Right? This is an amazing thing. And so this is where the church family comes in. This is where we reach out to people and say, hey, 
Let us come alongside you. Let us show you that we really care about you, that we love you. So the term friend has changed, and the second thing that kind of plays into this, society has become addicted to immediate affirmation. We have become addicted to immediate affirmation. What does that mean? It means I want people to notice me. Our society has become addicted to that immediate gratification that comes with that. People post pictures online, and what are they looking for? Likes, hearts, right? They want comments. Oh, you look so nice. Oh, I love that shirt. Oh, those shoes are fabulous. You know, that's what they want. And scientists say that there's an actual drug that gets released in our brain. It's a chemical called dopamine that gets released when we get that feedback. It's an addiction. Why do you think, if you look at some people's Facebook page, what do they have? Selfie, 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 right? Pictures of themselves because they want that feedback. And that feeds into that, I need people to care about me. And so that, that online interaction has taken place of actual personal interaction. I was teasing my kids, you know, we order stuff on Amazon and it gets here in two days and it's like, waiting for it to get here. And I said, you know, when I was a kid, we had to order things from a catalog. You know, we used to get that Sears catalog. You remember that? Yeah, Sears. It was like this. You could kill somebody with that thing. It was huge. And we would go through there and mark what we wanted for Christmas. And our parents would actually order it from a store and it would take like a month to get there. And I would show them like December 1st. Well, it's too late to get it for Christmas. I could walk there faster. But anyway, it, so we had that immediate gratification and we're used to that. And so here's the thing. Scientists are calling this deferred loneliness. This online interaction creates a gratification in me, but it's not real. It's a fake gratification. And so even though we have all these connections and all these people are commenting, it doesn't fill that void that God intended for us to have with other people. And so we call it deferred loneliness. Even though we're more connected than we've ever been as a society, we are lonelier than we've ever been. I love this quote one guy said, we live for likes, but we long for love. And so this is what we need. And this, guys, this is where the church has an advantage. Jesus built the church. When I say church, I'm talking about all of us together, not the building. Jesus built the church for connection. That's why we do Sunday school. That's why we do Sunday morning service, because we come together to worship together. And you know, the church is the only society, or is the only institution in society that's really integrated the way we're supposed to be it's the only place that you see all the generations coming together think about it what do stores do they target certain groups right teams target certain groups and so the church we're all integrated we've got older people we've got younger people we've got i'd say four or five generations represented here and that's how Jesus intended it, because he wants us to be together. That's what I love. The, I keep wanting to say mops, moms and munchkins. What do they have? They have younger moms, and then they have older moms come in to mentor the younger moms. And I think probably half their time is saying, oh, you'll be okay. <laughs> this is what you tell your kids. You're going to be fine, right? That's what my grandma, I could cut a limb off. Pour alcohol on it, you'll be fine. You know, it's okay. But it's that pouring into the younger generation and then lastly, society has the power to do friendship on its own terms. Today, because of technology, we can do things on our own terms, right? We can manage friendships from a distance. When I get a text message, I can reply to it instantly or I can leave it for a few days. 
right? If I get an email, I can ignore it. If I don't like someone anymore, what do I do? I unfriend them on Facebook. Ha <laughs> ha, click, you're gone, right? It's, I can manage that on my own. It's this incredible power trip thing. But we can do it on our own terms. And so, I love this. Young people are saying now that they, the more they use social media, the more they crave actual personal interaction. One student said, I feel more connected than ever before, and yet I feel more alone. Why? Because we're not having that real interaction, that real face-to-face interaction. And it's honestly gotten to the point that younger people tell us now that they get anxiety when they have to make a phone call. You know why? Because I have to talk to somebody, like actually talk to them and respond. They don't know how to do that. We're so used to texting where you can, you know, kind of think through what you're going to say when you get an actual phone call. They say, ah, uh. you know, it's funny. My kids come to the church. They're not in here, so I can tell you this. They love using the phones with the cord on it. They think that is the coolest thing ever. You know, like, wow, I can push buttons on here. <laughs> like, they'll go to other rooms and call each other because it's, you know, like when I was a kid, these things were death traps because you'd walk around the house talking, you'd get wrapped up in the cord and then trip. Yeah, they have no idea the struggles we had, right? <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Society, technology has changed the way that we interact. So how do we do this? How do we get there? We know we want to have real interaction. And we know as a church we're intended to have real. So how do we get from these shallow online relationships to move people to a genuine relationship? How do we do that? Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This sounds like it was written exactly for today, doesn't it? Let's spur one another on to good works and not give up. What did he say? Meeting together. You know, I know a lot of people who say, I'm just going to do church from home. I can stream a service in on the internet or I can listen to it. But what are you missing? You're missing the connections. And there's a, a power of God that moves when we all come together. Also, Jesus said, whatever two or more are gathered together, there I am with you. There's a, a special power, a special presence of God that comes when we meet together. Plus, we encourage one another. You know, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I get encouraged by listening to teaching, but I don't have that fellowship. I don't have that accountability that comes from being together. So the first thing we have to do is rediscover the power of presence. Jesus even showed us this. Could Jesus have saved the world from heaven? Absolutely, he's God. He can do whatever he wanted. But what did he do? He came to earth physically to show us what it was like. He came physically present. So we have to rediscover the power of being present in someone's life. He didn't just show love from heaven. He came here. I can love people from a distance, but I can love them a lot better if I'm right there. How many of you know sometimes you just need a hand on your shoulder? Sometimes you just need a hug. Sometimes you just need someone to say, you know what, it's going to be okay, and have them actually look you in the eye and say, it's going to be okay. Listen to what Paul said, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. He said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other. You see that word again? (laughs) 
Love each other. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The one on the screen is NIV, so you can hear both or see both. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, always be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Did you catch that? He talks about having spiritual fervor, serve God with all your heart. And then what's the last little thing he threw in there? Practice hospitality. What is hospitality? Being with other people. Have them over at your house or go meet in a restaurant, but be present. He's saying it's important if you want to keep your spiritual life going, it's important to be present in other people's lives. If you want to love them well, you need to be present. Just be in there. One of the things I love, I'm a chaplain on the fire department, and some of the, a lot of the training we get on being a chaplain is simply being what? Present. Just be there. Just be present in someone's life. That's the biggest thing, and that's one thing that I get to do in, in the fire department is just being around these guys. Just being there and having that Christian presence there. And then they'll come to you eventually. But it's the whole thing is I need to be present. Your neighbors need you to be present. The kids at school that you're trying to talk to, they need you to be present in their lives. And there's different levels. Different levels of presence. You can go see someone. You can invite them out to drink coffee together. Just be with them. And Job chapter 2, we see Job went through an incredible hardship, right? I mean, literally lost everything. And his friends came, and at first his friends did the right thing. And so they realized his pain was too great for words, so they simply did what? They sat with him. Job literally lost everything that he had. His family, his money, his standing. His friends came, and they simply sat for a week. Just sat with him. Just being present is huge. Just being there. So we can, we can send a text to someone. Hey, I know you're having a bad day. I'm praying for you. That's one level of presence, right? Then you can actually do something else with your phone. <laughs> you can actually call them. These things still make phone calls, right? You can call them and say, hey, can I pray for you on the phone? Is that okay? And then you could actually, if you need to, drive to their house. We've had to do that sometimes. People are in a really bad funk. What do you do? You drive to their house. You say, put some pants on. We're going to go to Walmart. Or we're going to go eat. We're going to go something. Put clothes on. Let's go. Because we love them. We are present in their lives. So we can love from a distance. But you can do it better in person. The Christian community. And how many of you know, even the way we build our houses has changed? If you buy an older home, what do they have on the front? A porch. And what was the porch for? For sitting. <laughs> right? It was just made to sit. And what did you do when you sat on the porch? Talk with people. You play the guitar. You catch lightning bugs. Whatever it is you do, but you sit on the porch. Now today, if you look at new homes, what do they not have? Porch. Newer homes don't even have a foyer. Right? You used to walk in and you, know, you had an area there where you could sit. Everything moves to the, the back of the house. Now we have backyards with fences around them, so you can't see in, right? It's just the way we are. Our culture today is not in the habit of having people over. We don't have that anymore. So they were built that way. So we rediscover the power of presence, and then we need to be engaged. We need to be engaged with those around us. 
We need to be present in their life and actually engage with them. That means you have to be emotionally and mentally engaged, not just physically engaged. And what causes us, what, what interferes with that being engaged in people? These things, right? How many of you ever seen an entire family sitting around in a restaurant? What are they all doing? Staring at the phone. You know how you don't see Bigfoot anymore? Everybody's on their phones, right? Look at this. I'll show you a picture here. That's why there's no Bigfoot sightings anymore. Everybody's on their phone, right? But we need to be present with those around us. And not just physically present, but we need to be emotionally present as well. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So we need to make sure that we're there. And we see kids all the time. We see families, kids are trying to get their parents' attention. Mom, 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 dad, dad, dad. And what are they doing? And their phone, and a computer, and a tablet. Watch this. So we need to be there. We need to be present with our families. We need to be present with those we love. We're constantly afraid of missing out on things. There's actually a word now, the Urban Dictionary has actually created a new word called FOMO, F-O-M-O. Fear of what? Missing out. There is an actual fear and anxiety of missing something. And that's why we're constantly checking Facebook. That's why we're constantly checking Instagram or Twitter, all these different things, because we're afraid of missing something. When we're with our family, when we're with our church community, we need to be present. Not just physically there, but we need to interact. We need to listen. I love um, Chick-fil-A actually has a challenge now on their boxes that their food comes in. They have a family challenge. Put down your phone, turn off the TV, and communicate. Why? Because we miss it. We talk to lots and lots of people who they don't have a, a table anymore. They never eat together anymore. You know, they, I've, <laughs> teenagers tell us, well, we have a table under a pile of stuff because we never sit there. And so it's a real challenge. We need to make sure that we're there. We're there for our families. We're there for our church family, being present. Don't worry about missing out on things. And the thing is, you know, people... They catch up on social media. They don't miss anything there. But what are they missing? They're missing everyone around them. We're missing time with our families. Kids grow up fast. Grandkids grow up fast, right? We miss the opportunities to be there. We miss it. And so we have to be present. We have to be there. And so we're missing out on relationships missing out on families or missing out on the Christian community because we're really not truly present. So how do we do that? How do we make sure that we're engaged with the people around us? Well, when you sit down to eat dinner, turn off devices, right? Talk to one another. Um, when we have other people that are wanting to connect with us, meet in person. Be there. Meet in person with them. Go out to eat. Go somewhere. And then we have to make fellowship a priority. We have to make fellowship a priority. What does that mean? We have to make it a priority to be here. And you know, we are living in Lexington, those of you that live here, we are incredibly blessed. We have an athletic director that makes a priority that there will not be events on Wednesday nights because he knows how important church is on Wednesdays for kids. So they will not. And uh, two weeks ago, last week, we had to have a volleyball tournament on a Wednesday night. 
this, the athletic director sent an email to all the pastors apologizing. He said, Truex sent an email and said, hey, I know this is not, but we had to do this. This is the only day we could get it. I apologize. And he actually said, if kids on the team would rather be at church, I'll make sure the coaches do not punish them for missing a game. That's amazing. We're really blessed here because they understand this principle. We need to be here. And guys, I know it's so easy to miss. And I know, you know, our church has more activities than most other churches do. But we have to make it a priority to be together. Now, am I saying your kids are going to go to hell if they miss a Sunday? No, absolutely not. But what do the kids pick up on? What's a priority in our lives? And so if we make church a priority, they'll see that. If we make being together a priority, they'll see that. If we make relationships a reality, they're going to see that. So we need to make sure that we're here. We need to make sure that our kids are involved. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come up this morning. And why am I talking about this at this time? Well, guess what happens around the holidays? Families get together. <laughs> and what happens when families get together? Nuclear explosions sometimes, right? But now we're all together. And so we need to make sure that we make being together a priority. We make relationships a priority. Now I was told I needed to cut a little short today because of the time change. You know, nap time is coming up about noon, which would normally be one, so... <laughs> and I'm not just talking about the kids, I'm talking about adults. So, and yeah, that's right. So, if you would stand this morning. Lord, I thank you this morning that you're love. You are love. You're a God of love. And Lord, I thank you that you love us so much. And you want us to take that love that we've received and. and hand that out to others, to show that in the lives of others. So Lord, this morning, I pray you would help us as a church family, as your hands and feet in this society, to really love people well. Because you said that's how they would know that we're yours if we love one another, and if we love them well. And so Lord, this morning, I pray you would help us to really love one another, to really demonstrate that love that you've given us in this society. So Lord, I know it's tough. In this culture today, it's tough to really be present because the way technology has changed relationships. Lord, it's tough to have real relationships. So Lord, would you help us to really be present in the lives of those around us? Lord, to really be present to those neighbors, to those people at school as you put us in contact with every single day, to show them the love that you've shown us. And Lord, I know some of us need to make changes. We need to be present when we're around. Some of us need to make changes in our family to really have that relationship. Lord, some of us need to change the way that we interact. So Lord, would you help us today? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rick, I don't have that first relationship that you were talking about. If, if I was really honest, I would say, I'm, I'm pretty far from God right now. I really don't have a relationship with him. Or maybe I did at one time and I've really let it go. And I want to make that right today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We're going to pray with you. All right, if you're here this morning, say, you know, I just really need help to be present and to be engaged with people. I know that it's really easy for me to let things slide. It's really easy for me to be distracted, but I really want to be present. I want to love people well. Would you slip your hand up right where you're at? I really want to be present. We're going to pray together, and as the worship team leads us in this song, you're welcome to come to the front if you want. You're welcome to pray where you're at. 
But Father, right now, I pray for all these with their hands raised that said, I really need to be present. I'm so busy. It's so easy for me to make excuses to really not be present in the lives of the people around me. But I want to change that. I want the world to know that I'm your disciple by the way that I love. So Lord, would you help me today? Would you help us to really be present in the lives of people, to take the opportunities that you give to share your love, to really be there? Father, help us to take those steps and and show us what those steps are to be your examples of love to this community around us, we pray. In Jesus' name.